Amen. Amen. But how many of us enjoyed Easter Sunday last week? Uh, we got an opportunity to remember what Resurrection Weekend is all about. You see, we got an opportunity to hear the good news, the gospel of Christianity. And it's because of what went down on Good Friday over 2,000 years ago when Christ gave his life on the cross for our sins. And then on the third day when he rose again, that is the reason why you and I get to sit in this place today free. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible says who the sun sets free is truly free indeed. Is there anybody in here or that's watching online know that they are free because of Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. But not only did God send his only son to earth um, to be crucified for our iniquities, to die for our sins, but he also sent Jesus Christ to earth to be an example for how we are supposed to live life. I mean, could you imagine being on earth over 2,000 years ago to witness Jesus Christ be in human form? Can you imagine that? Some people got to witness Jesus do some miraculous different things in life. I mean, you can read all about the life of Jesus in the Bible, but Jesus was able to heal the sick. He freed the captive. He comforted the brokenhearted. He restored the sinners. He loved his haters. He fed the people. He led the people. Jesus did some miraculous works in human form, amen? But before Jesus left this earth, he made a promise to not leave us as orphans. He said that in his absence, he will leave us with a helper or an advocate. Jesus promised to leave us with the Holy Spirit. You can read about the whole story in John chapter 14. But because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, the Bible tells us that greater works we will be able to do. I, I can tell I can tell by the response right there. You see, uh, this Bible teaching that we are about to go down today, it might mess with some of your religious theology, but I'm here to tell you that everything that God has given me to say to you comes straight from the Word of God. So this is a Bible-believing church, amen? Amen. So I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to make anything up today, but everything we're going to look up in the word of God because his word is known to be true. Amen. Amen. So let's look up Genesis 1:26, And it says, God said, let us make human beings in our image and like us. One version says likeness. So what God is saying is that he created you in his image. And the definition of image is a representation of the external form of a person or thing of art. And it also says that he created you in his likeness, which means resemblance, the fact or quality of being alike. So we're supposed to look like Christ did when he walked on this earth over 2,000 years ago in human form. Now let me make one thing clear. Let me make one thing clear about that. I can look like Tiger Woods, I can dress like Tiger Woods, but when I'm on that golf course, I play golf like Robert Golden. And Robert Golden is not good enough to play with Tiger Woods' son, let alone with the real Tiger. What am I saying? I'm saying that we are not Christ, nor can we be Christ, but we were created in his image and likeness. So we should be striving to be Christ-like, amen? 
You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11:1 1, that we ought to be imitators of Christ. Now, the definition for that word imitator is a person who copies the behavior or action of another. So we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, but are we? Are we loving people like Christ did? Are we caring for people like Christ did? Are we serving people like Christ did? Are we healing people like Christ did? How about this? Are we forgiving people like Christ did? Are we taking our rightful position as children of God on this earth as Christ did? You see, are we doing what Jesus would do? How many of us remember that era where everybody used to rock the what would Jesus do bracelet sort of WWJD apparel? Anybody remember what would Jesus do? <laughs> I can remember when I used to come in a church parking lot, I used to see what would Jesus do or WWJD on everybody uh, bumper stickers. Uh, we don't see them anymore. Pastor Nava, what's going on with the what would Jesus do bumper stickers? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But what would Jesus do? You know, that's a question that we're supposed to ask ourselves in every circumstance that we come up against in our lives. But, you know, the great thing about it is if you read your Bible, the Bible will literally give you example after example on what Jesus would do. It will give you um, an example on how to live your life in a meaningful way, but not just a meaningful way, a God way. You see, because Ephesians 4.24 says that you were created um, to be exactly like God, truly righteous and holy. But you see, let me tell you this. God knew that none of us would ever be able to live up to that stature. God knew that none of us would ever be able to live up to that stature. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins before we even entered into this world. He sent his son over 2,000 years ago to die for all of our sins before we even entered into this world. Somebody needs to say, thank you, God. Say, thank you, Jesus. But if God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to give us salvation and to be an example for how we are supposed to live life, then we should be striving to be Christ-like. If you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, and I'll be reading out of the NLT version for those that are following along. And it reads, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior 
of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. Verse 16, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. Say that with me. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Because we live like Jesus here in this world. The title of my message is Be Christ-like. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for who you are, who you are within us, Father God. Lord, I'm asking right now that you decrease me and increase you within me. Give me a word that I can speak that your children will be able to apply to their daily lives. Lord, we ask in all these blessings in your son Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Be Christ-like. How many of you know that you were created to be Christ-like? God created you to be Christ-like, uh, but in order for you to understand um, that you were created to be Christ-like, you have to understand what Christ was like in human form. You see, you see, Christ was a servant. Christ came to serve, not to be served. Christ was humble, and because he was humble, God exalted him. Christ was a leader. He led God's people. Christ was a teacher. He taught the people the will of God. Christ made a sacrifice so that God's people could have eternal life. Christ was talked about. People talked about Christ all the time in a good way and sometimes in a bad way, but he kept his heart right. Christ was tempted in every way known to man, but he remained faithful. Christ was knocked down, but he didn't stay down. I said Christ was knocked down, but he didn't stay down. Amen. Christ was and is and will always be L-O-V-E, love. You see, Christ got that unconditional love that no matter what you do, he's going to love you unconditionally. Christ got that in spite of love. In spite of all of my shortcomings, in spite of all of your shortcomings, in spite of all of our shortcomings, he still loves us and cares for us. You see, this is who Christ was and is in human form and so much more. And God sent Christ on earth to be an example for how we are supposed to live as Christians. But are we? Are we really being Christ-like? Have we really fully stepped into the person that God has created us to be? Because although Jesus Christ did all of these miraculous works while he was here in human form, God instilled in us his image and his likeness too. You see, Jesus even told his disciples in John chapter 14 that greater works they, we will be able to do. In fact, can we pull up John chapter 14 verse 12 so the people can see it? I told y'all we're not going to make anything up. We're going to look everything up in the word of God. And it says, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. That's what Jesus said. He said that even though he did all of these great works, 
even greater works we will be able to do because, we are, because he is going to the Father. And the reason that we are able to do greater works is because of the Holy Spirit, God, lives on the inside of us. And we can read that in John chapter 14, verse 17. Can we pull that up? Can we pull that up? It says, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it, because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Everybody say in you. So how can we make sure that we are being Christ-like while we are here in human form? Number one, we have to love. Number one, we have to love. 1 John 4, verses 7 through 8 reads, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You want to be like Christ? You want to be Christ-like? We must love. Listen, I know it can be hard loving certain people after certain situations have occurred. I know it can be hard loving certain people after certain situations have occurred. But if God can love me, if God can love you, if God can love us through all of our mess and mess ups, then we can surely still love thy neighbor. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 20, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Listen, we can't hate somebody we work with but say we love God. We can't hate our neighbor but say we love God. We can't hate that ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, ex-husband, ex-wife but say we love God. We can't hate the president or ex-president, but say we love God. In order for us to be Christ-like, we must above all love. Amen? Amen. Above all love. But what is love? You know, what is love? The Bible explains love in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. It says that love is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. So that means that love is able to accept or tolerate delay and it's still friendly and generous. So even when your husband or boyfriend or wife or girlfriend is dead wrong, remember, love is patient and kind. Even when your kids are not acting like your kids, remember that love is patient and kind. Even when somebody gives you a birdie in the middle of rush hour traffic, Remember that love is patient and kind. How about this? Even when that fast food restaurant is taking soul food cooking time to give you your order, remember that love is patient and kind. Hey, some of y'all be ready to go off on the people in the drive through window. Hurry up with my food. <laughs> remember, love is patient and kind. But then it also says that it also says that love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. So that means that there is no such thing as it's my way or the highway in love. Somebody say that's not love. But then it says 
Love is not jealous. Uh, uh, we said that one right there. We said that one right there. But then it says uh, it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It says it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. People be saying, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forget what you did. <laughs> that's keeping a record of being wrong. Somebody say that's not love. But then it says, it does not rejoice about injustices, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Amen. Amen. So what that is saying is God's love for you will never run out. His love will never lose hope. His love will never lose faith in you. He is always hopeful that you are going to turn it around. But even when you don't, he still loves you through every circumstance. Somebody say, that's love. <laughs> and if God has called us to be Christ-like, if God has created us in his image and likeness, then we have to love like Christ in order to be Christ-like. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 4, 8, to above all love, because love covers a multitude of sins. Amen? Amen. So in order to be like Christ, in order to be Christ-like, we have to, number one, above all love. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. And it reads, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Listen, God sent his son to earth for our sins. God knew that each and every single one of us was going to be far from perfect. Far from perfect. He knew that in advance, so he sent his son over 2,000 years ago for such a time as this to forgive us of our past, current, and future sins. Christ already paid the price for us a long time ago. He's forgiven us for all of our sins. Listen, I'm not sure who in here needs to hear this or on the other side of that camera, but uh, God has already forgiven you. Everything that you've been through, everything that you've done, God has already forgiven you. God know that we didn't stand a chance at being perfect, so he forgave us for our sins when he sent his only son. And the blessing is, the blessing is if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and on the third day he rose again, you get to walk in the freedom that God intended for you to walk in over 2,000 years ago. You get to walk in the freedom that God intended for you to walk in and the forgiveness that he intended for you to walk in over 2,000 years ago. The blessing is God forgives you. The blessing is God forgives you. But the challenge is you have to have faith and you have to trust and you have to believe that he does. The blessing is you've already been forgiven. But the challenge, the mental challenge is we have to come to a conclusion that God has already forgiven us. That's the challenge. You know, but since Christ has already forgiven us, since God has already forgiven us for our sins, in order for us to be Christ-like, number two, we have to forgive. Number two, we have to forgive. The Bible tells us in Romans 8:1, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in 
Christ Jesus. Now that word condemnation means to condemn someone to a punishment or sentence. But what God is saying is that when you accept Christ into your life, when you accept Christ into your life to be your savior, then even when you fall short of the glory of God, he's saying, I forgive you. Even when you, had, even when you did something that you knew you had no business doing, Christ is saying, I forgive you. Even when you slipped up and had sex before marriage, Christ is saying, I forgive you. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Listen, so if God can love us and forgive us through our mess and mess ups, we have to forgive the people that we are here on earth with. The people that God have us here doing life with. Amen. Some of you in here may be saying, uh, there's no way I can forgive John John or Shawanda for what she did to me. There's no way I can forgive t uh, Karen or Tom for what they did to me. Uh, I will never be able to forgive them. You don't even understand what they did to me. Listen, if God is forgiving, we have to forgive. Amen. If God is forgiving, we have to forgive. Listen, when you allow bitterness and unforgiveness to take capacity space up in your heart, you limit the space on the inside of you that God can occupy. When you allow bitterness and unforgiveness to take up capacity in your heart, you limit the space on the inside of you that God can occupy. Listen, God can repair that relationship if you learn to forgive if you learn to forgive, God can repair that relationship. Or maybe you're sitting in here and you're like, I'm done with them. I'll never mess with them again. I, I, I can't stand them. Listen, God can help you heal if you learn to forgive. Listen, the reason why some of us are still hurting about past situations is because we haven't forgiven that person or those people for what they did to us over five, ten years ago. If God is forgiven, who are we not to forgive God's people? Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, if Christ can forgive the people that was crucifying him, you can forgive that boss that fired you. If Christ can forgive Peter for betraying him, you can forgive that person that betrayed you, that misused you, that uh, underrepresented you. If God created you to be in his image and likeness, then it's in your DNA to forgive we just got to put our pride aside as people and forgive those people that hurt us. Amen? Amen. You know, it's way easier to forgive somebody than to try to stay mad at them. It's way easier to forgive people for what they did to you than trying to stay mad at people. Because when you hold on to bitterness, when you hold on to anger, when you be mad at people, man, that takes away your peace. You can say that you ain't bothered by it, but when you holding on to that anger and that animosity inside your heart, it takes away your peace. Somebody say that, they not worth my peace. They not worth my peace. I'm not gonna let nobody have my peace by me being mad at them. No sir, no ma'am. I am not gonna let nobody steal my peace. So in order for you to keep your peace, make sure you keep your heart right, amen? Forgive those people. You know, you know what I find very interesting as Christ was getting crucified, nailed to the cross, dying the worst way you can be killed known to man. During that time, Christ said, Father, he lifted up a prayer and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. 
when Christ was dying the worst way you can be killed known to man, he forgave the people that was doing it. So if Christ can do it, we surely can forgive the people that God placed on this earth to forgive. Amen? Amen. So in order for us to be Christ-like, in order for us to be like Christ, we have to forgive in order to be Christ-like. Everybody say, we must forgive. And number three, in order for us to be Christ-like, we have to give. In order for us to be Christ-like, we have to give. God gave his son for us. Jesus gave his life for us. Are you willing to give? What are you willing to give? You know, in the Bible it says in 1 John chapter 4, um, 13 through 14 reads, it says, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent. That word sent means to send off or to give. So the Father gave his son to be the savior of the world. Listen, if God gave his son for you, if Christ gave his life for you, are you willing to give your heart to him? If God gave his son for you, if Christ gave his life for you, are you willing to give your heart to him? Because when you give your heart to him, then you really become Christ-like. Uh, uh, but, but you see, but you see, you have to give. You know, I can remember back when I was growing up in the church, uh, every time I heard the pastor or speaker uh, talk about giving, I automatically assumed that they were talking about money. <laughs> And nine times out of 10, they probably were. And nine times out of 10, they probably were. But what I've realized as I began to develop my own relationship with Christ, what I've learned is that when you give, that is a heart thing. Giving comes from the heart. Giving comes from the heart. Christ gave his life for us. Christ gave his life for us. That was a heart thing that Christ did. You see, when you give, you are putting your heart on display. Whatever you give, whether you give your time, whether you give your forgiveness, whether you give your love, whether you give your money, whether you give your support, whenever you give, you are showing what's on the inside of your heart. And the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Listen, God doesn't want or need your treasures. The church doesn't want or need your treasures. Listen, can I get a witness? What God has ordained, he will sustain. This church is going to be blessed regardless of what happens. Amen? But God wants you to give him your heart. Because when you give him your heart, the blessing on the other side is going to be so big that you won't even be able to fathom why you're being so blessed. Amen? But here it is. It says, it says, because when you give him your heart, the blessing on the other side is going to be even more fandom. Giving displays your heart posture. That is why the Bible tells us it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because when you give, you become more blessed. When you give, you become more blessed. God wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing. God wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing, but the only way you can be a blessing is if you give. 
Listen, if you give your time, if you give your support, if you give your love, if you give your forgiveness, if you give your money, if you give somebody a ride, whenever you're giving your blessing, whenever you're giving your blessing, listen, God can bless who he want to bless, but he loves a cheerful giver. God can bless whoever he wants to bless, but he loves a cheerful giver because he knows that whatever he's trying to get to you, he can get through you because you're a giver. But he's only, he's only interested in the, in the cheerful givers because when they give, they are a blessing. God wants us to be blessed so that we can continue to be a blessing. You know, my wife and I made a decision and made a commitment um, back in 2018 or 2019, we said that we believe in the word of God. I said, I believe in the word of God and I believe that everything in the word of God is true. So tithing and offerings is true as well too. So I told my wife, if we gonna believe and stand on the word of God, we gonna stand on the whole thing. And we said that we were going to tithe and we're going to give our offerings because that's what it takes to be Christ-like, amen? That's what it takes to be Christ-like. When you give, it's not about giving your resources. It's not about giving your money. It's the blessing. It's the God's principle that when you give, you shall receive. You know, I want to point something out to you in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38. I want to point something out to you in this scripture. And if you've attended any church over a long period of time, then you probably heard this scripture read right around offering time. But it reads, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. So what that is saying is do not judge people, just love them. Do not judge people, just love them. And then it says, forgive people and you will be forgiven. So you have to love, you have to forgive. And then it says, give. Let me hear y'all say give. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shake it together to make room for more. Running over, pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You know what's interesting about this verse that is always read right before giving time? It's that money is never mentioned. Money is never mentioned in this scripture. But what is mentioned is a God's principle. When you give, you shall receive. But we don't give just to give so we expect it to receive. We give because it's in our hearts to give. Amen. It's a heart thing. When you give, it's a heart thing. We're not giving because we're because the word says when you give, you shall receive. That's the principle. But when you give, it's a heart thing. We're not expecting anything in return. We just want to be a blessing. In fact, can we look at Luke um, chapter 6, verse 35 too? Can we pull that verse up? Here it is. Here it is. It says, love. Everybody say love. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend. That word lends means to give. Give to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. Somebody say very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. You will truly be acting like Christ. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Can we keep reading? Do we got verse 36? Verse 36, where is that, where is that? 
crime for those who wicked. Verse 36, you must be compassionate. You must be forgiving. You must be loving. You must be tenderhearted, just as your father is compassionate. Listen, if you want to be Christ-like, you have to give, amen? In those verses, money was never mentioned. In those verses, money was never mentioned. But what was mentioned was a God's principle. When you give, you shall receive. If you give love, you're going to receive love. Press down, shake it together, and run it over. If you give bad energy, you're going to receive bad energy. Attitudes. Press down, shake it together, and running over. The principle is, if you give, you shall receive. And I know that probably don't make sense to you guys, but what you got to understand is, his thoughts is not our thoughts, nor are his ways our ways. Amen. The Bible says, if you want to receive, you must give. If you want to be first, you must be last. If you want to be exalted, you must be humble. God's word is such a paradox that we just have to trust and believe that on the other side of our trusting, there is going to be better than ever. Somebody say better than ever. Giving is a hard thing. Giving is a hard thing. You put your heart on display whenever you give. Whenever you give. And whatever you give, it will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Whatever. Somebody say whatever. Whatever you give is going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Giving is a hard thing, but when you give, you're giving yourself an opportunity to be a blessing. Amen? Can I talk to my young folks for a minute? <laughs> Can I talk to my young folks for a minute? You guys want more likes on Instagram? You want more likes on your TikTok? Give more likes. You want more comments? Give more comments. You want more shares? Give more shares. My business owners, you want more support? Give more support. Whatever you give is going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Whatever you give. Amen? Amen. You know, I think about the overflow of blessings from Christ giving his life. I think about the overflow of blessings from when Christ gave his life. Because had Christ not given his life, each and every single one of us in this place would be a casualty. If Christ would not given his life for us over 2,000 years ago, we all would be a casualty in this place. But because of the things that Christ did, because he went down and gave his life for us, we get to sit in this place forgiven. Christ gave his life. God sent his son and gave his son to the world so that Christ can give his life for our sins. If Christ gave his sin, if Christ gave his life for you, are you willing to give your heart to him? Amen? Amen. Listen, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Lord knows that I'm not perfect. In fact, I'm far from it, if we're being honest. But because Christ gave his life for me, I was able to give my heart to him. And because I gave my heart to him, I know that no matter what I do, the blessing is his love and mercy is going to endure over my life for the rest of my life. Because I gave my life to him, I know that his love and mercy will forever be with me. That's what it is. You know, some of us, some of us, we come here on Sundays, and when it's time to raise our hand to receive Christ into our life, we do it. And sometimes we do it every Sunday. 
And listen, there's nothing wrong with raising your hand and accepting Christ into your life every Sunday. If you want to raise your hand every single day and accept Christ into your life, God sees you. He sees you when you do that. But I'm going to tell you something. When you give Christ your life, when you give him your heart, when you accept him into your life one time, one time, it doesn't matter what you do. His love and mercy will forever be with you. All it takes is one time for you to give your life to Christ, and then God will begin to do a new thing in your life. If you want to raise your hand and give God your life every single day, by all means, do it. But you only got to give God your heart one time. Because once you give God your heart one time, once you invite Jesus Christ into your heart one time to be your savior, then you will know that God is with you. And once you know that God is with you, then you know that nothing could stand against you or even separate you from the love of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. In order for us to be Christ-like, in order for us to be Christ-like, we have to, number one, the Bible says, above all, love. The Bible says the full expression of God comes out of us when we love. It says that love covers a multitude of sin. So if you want to be Christ-like, if you want to be like Christ, love people. Number two, in order to be Christ-like, you have to forgive. Jesus paid the price to forgive you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus paid the price to forgive all of our sins, our past, our current ones, and our future ones. Even the sins that we're going to commit in the church parking lot right after this service. God forgive those ones too. God forgive those ones too, amen. But if Christ, if God is constantly forgiving, we ought to forgive too. That's what it takes to be Christ-like. You know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians to not go to sleep mad at each other. The Bible says don't go to sleep mad at each other. And you know, me and my wife, we have our disagreements from time to time. But before I go to sleep, I go up to her and I say, Miss Golden, I'm sorry, don't I? Whether I'm right or wrong, I come up to you and say, I'm sorry, Miss Golden. And she give me a kiss and we make up. We make up, don't we? <laughs> Is it any married couples in here that know how to forgive their spouses and, and make up? <laughs> amen. Amen. If Christ is forgiven, we have to forgive too. Amen. You know, I challenge somebody in here, whether you're on the other side of these cameras or whether you're in this building. I challenge you. It's somebody that's in here that's been mad at somebody or mad at people for a long time. I challenge you to pick up that phone and call that person and tell them you forgive them. God bless you. I challenge you to send them a text message and say, I forgive you. God bless you. And I promise you, once you forgive that person, once you forgive that person, God is going to be able to do a new thing in your life. Is there anybody in here who is ready to forget the things that are behind them and start looking towards God doing a new thing in their life? In order for you to be able to let God do a new thing in your life, you have to keep your heart right. Keep your heart right. Don't, don't, don't hold on to that anger. Don't hold on to that grudge. Don't hold on to that madness. You know, there are studies that show that being angry and holding hatred in your heart is like a disease. They said when you're angry and you're holding um, hatred inside of your heart, they say that is like a disease. 
Listen, don't die mad. Don't die mad. If being angry, if being hatred, if having bitterness in your heart, it's like a heart disease, it's a heart killer, don't die mad. Forgive people. God has forgiven us, so let's make sure that we're forgiving his people. Amen? And number three, and number three, in order to be Christ-like, you have to give. In order to be Christ-like, you have to give. God gave his life. Jesus gave his life for our sins. What are we willing to give? Listen, don't miss your opportunity to receive your financial blessing by holding on to your treasures. Tithing and offering is part of it. That's giving. Listen, the church, the church not paying me to tell you guys this. I'm telling you guys this because I know it to be true because it's been done in my life. I don't get paid to do this. I'm telling you guys this because this is a God's principle. And when we follow the word of God, it changes. It changes everything. It changes everything. When you give God your yes, don't miss your opportunity to receive your financial blessing by holding on to your treasures. That's a God's principle. Don't miss your opportunity to receive love. When you give love, it's pressed down, it's shaken together, and it's running over you. Can anybody in here use some love? Can we use some love? Give love. Because when you give it, it's going to come back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Can anybody use some forgiveness in here? Can anybody use forgiveness? Forgive people. Pick up that phone, call that person, text that person. Tell them you forgive them. Tell them you forgive them. Tell them God bless you. And their response, response might not be the response that you would want to hear after you didn't swallow your pride to tell them sorry. But this is not for them. This is for you. Amen? This is for you. God is going to begin to do a new thing in your life once you begin to live Christ-like. In order for you to be Christ-like, in order for you to be like Christ, you have to, number one, you have to love. Number two, you have to forgive. And number three, you have to give all over the building. Let's stand to our feet in this place. Amen. You know, the Bible says that God created us in his image and likeness. He created us in his image and likeness. So when Christ was here on earth, he was the example of love. He was the example of forgiving. He was the example of giving. He created us in his image and likeness to be a representation of him here on earth. Let's make sure that we're being Christ-like. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I'm asking right now that you seal this word in your people's heart, Father God. Lord, let them be able to apply this word to their lives. Father God, there are some people in here, Father God, that may have given their life to you, but may have fallen off, Father God. Lord, your word says that you are married to the backsliders. And Father God, there may be some people in here that's never invited you into their lives. Father God, I'm asking right now in your son Jesus' name that this word be then pierced their hearts, Father God, to want to invite you into their lives so that you can do a new thing for them. God, I'm asking that you seal this word. I'm asking that your people be blessed. And all God's people said, amen. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening. 
If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.